0: This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. Oh, welcome. If you've just joined us to the 101.9 High FM Afternoon Overdrive, uh, I'm Michael McKenna. Joining us now in the studio is Jan Vermeulen, the editor of My Broadband South Africa. Jan, it's been a while. Uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah,
1: Michael, I guess it's too late to say Happy
0: New Year, but Happy New <laughs> no, Year. No, it's not. It's <laughs> still early in the year. Happy New Year to you and everything all the best to you, Jan. Okay, so yeah, uh, we've got a few uh, things to unpack. In uh, well, what have we got? Just ten minutes to unpack quite a number of uh, items which we've seen on broadband. So let's see how we do. Uh, I might just become a bit selective about which subjects we will touch on. yet let's let's start with this uh, article about Zimbabwe and twenty-one other African countries getting Starlink before South Africa. Now, what's happening here?
1: Yeah, so this is there, there was an update to Starlink's. Uh, availability map, uh, this is something that we monitor because Starlink or SpaceX itself is just notoriously uncommunicative with this. Uh, you know, um, we we send requests for comment. We It's like speaking to a wall. You just get nothing back. Um, and so we okay. just kind of look at this map to kind of get a sense of what's going on. And, uh, and yeah, it looks like the, the South African launch has been pu- essentially pushed out indefinitely. And, uh, and there's several African nations, including sp- many of our neighbors. Uh, so we're talking, you know, not just Zimbabwe, but Eswatini as well, mm-hmm. Mozambique. Uh, they're all going to get, they've got launch dates for Starlink and, and we don't. Um, right. and so it looks like, you know, what, whatever regulatory hurdles, Starlink has to cross to to launch at a, in our neighbouring countries. It's mm-hmm. managed to, um, as I said, including Eswatini, but uh, here in here in South Africa, they've been unable to cross the tape. So, yeah, it's it's a little frustrating. Uh, I think especially for folks in rural areas who who are sure. on farms, who are looking forward to a broadband service like this. Um, but also, you know, one could also argue that perhaps these other countries are in more dire need than we might be.
0: Jan, um, very quickly, Starlink, this, uh, well, this uh, function, well, what,
1: is, what is its benefit? What is beneficial about this? <coughs> yeah, so what sets Starlink apart from any other satellite-based broadband service is its speed. Um, right. And and what we call its latency, mm-hmm. um, and so there are other you know uh, satellite broadband services available on the continent and including South Africa, right. but um, they're relatively expensive for um, for for a much worse experience than you can get over say fibre or four G or five G, right. and and the reason is is simple is when you have to communicate up to a satellite, that satellite is very far away. And mm-hmm. you have to communicate up to the satellite and then back down to Earth. And then to receive a response, it has to go back up to the satellite and down to Earth again. And so, you know, you can wait seconds for a website to respond, making the, the whole Internet experience feel quite slow. Like, you know, when w- normally when you type something into Google mm-hmm. and you hit enter, you expect the response in milliseconds. Right. Um, now you're talking about, you know… A second or two seconds that might go by depending on the satellite service. Okay. With, with Starlink, you're, you're back down to milliseconds because Starlink, they use what we call low earth orbit satellites. Um, so rather than having a satellite that's geostationary, mm-hmm. so in other words, you, you point your dish at one spot in the sky, like a DSTV dish works, right? right. That's a geostationary satellite. Instead, what Starlink does is it uses low earth orbit satellites that, that You know, that that orbit all around, um, relative, you know, relative to where you are Mm -hmm. on the planet, they're constantly moving. Right. But the, the antennas are designed in such a way that they can, they can catch these moving satellites as they move overhead. And and beam a signal down for you, but that means that the experience feels snappier, uh, sure. and so uh, and and on top of that, you you get faster speeds for a, for a pretty competitive price. It's still much more expensive yeah, than fibre, um, right. if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, now you can get this broadband service in the middle of nowhere where you will never have hoped to have received fibre services ever. Right. And so that's the. That's the, the, the benefit that this service okay,
0: promises. Okay, so it's, it's reach and frequency in terms of signal. So it seems pretty versatile to anything else that we have. Jan, uh, let's move on from that because now, there's quite, as I mentioned, there, there's quite a few items I, just, I want to unpack. So I'm going to be a bit selective here uh, in my list that I have. Yeah. Uh, uh, this beginning of the end of Windows 10, please, what's, what's happening here?
1: Yeah, so Microsoft has started uh, removing Windows 10 from online stores, so you can now no longer uh, buy Windows 10 uh, through online stores. It looks like you can still buy through physical retailers, Mm -hmm. um, but essentially, this is Microsoft sending the signal. It's starting to wind down. Windows 10 sort of, you know, going, okay, people, it's time to upgrade to Windows 11, Mm -hmm. um, because Windows 10 is going to hit end of support, I think, by 2025. So end of support for Windows 10 is, is pretty nearby. And, uh, this is Microsoft, you know, pulling Windows 10 from its own online store. And uh, sending the signal out to everybody that now you know it's it's time to to upgrade from this now. If you've got systems you know that have been um, struggling to upgrade to Windows 11 for whatever reason, then you know fix those software bugs so that they can upgrade because Windows 10 is soon going to be end of support. Like Windows 10 doesn't just stop working, obviously. No, sure. But when you when your operating system hits end of support, that means no more right. security updates.
0: And just to confirm, you say end of support is uh, in two years' time, 2025, correct? So it's just a yeah, grid, yeah, that's, over, that's that's you know, like need-to-know information there. Okay, so that's what's happening with Windows yes. uh, 10. The other um, issue I wanted to chat to you about is the U.S. government warning about ESCOM. Time to think about total grid collapse. Oh, boy.
1: Uh, yes. What's yeah. Yeah. So, so this is a a, a, a cool story that that, um, that that we got a nice little scoop or exclusive, if you will, right? Um, uh, b- uh, because we got a hold of a recording of uh, a presentation by a U.S. government official who um, I'm not going to name for uh, a, a couple of reasons. Of uh, we don't have time to get into all of them, but the reasons are, are on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Um, the w- what they were talking about is like, listen, it's not that an imminent grid co- – there's no, not an imminent grid grid collapse, but um, the there there is enough of a likelihood, you know, looking at how unreliable ESCOM's coal generation has been, looking at the level of breakdowns, you know, which we measure by the stage of load shedding. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can kind of – okay, we're at stage six load shedding. Breakdowns are high. Um, we know the coal fleet is unreliable. It is time to put – disaster management and recovery mechanisms in place so that if the worst should happen in mm-hmm. south africa there are plans and this was the us government effectively briefing uh, businesses in south africa um including um, major financial institutions south african financial institutions but also us based firms um so so you know like you can think of major us brands that do business in South Africa. This was a briefing mainly aimed at them, and so they they, sure. they were you know kind of going, um, you know, should the worst happen in South Africa, make sure that you've got plans in place to protect people, to ensure you know business mm-hmm. continuity, um, and uh, and uh, you know th- these are the. The, the things that you need to plan right. for and, and like it was rough, you know, like, um, I, I think it, it's a, it's a wonderful, um, explanation for why we need and have load shedding in the first place because a total grid collapse is incredibly scary. Yeah. Like the quote that they, that they gave was what would remain after a grid collapse, after the looting and pillaging, um, and violence. Um, that, that comes with uh, a to- total grid collapse would be akin to what's left after a civil war. Um, it would take wow. uh, anywhere between six and 14 days to restart the grid. Mm-hmm. That's ESCOM's best case scenario. Um, and in that time, you know, you would have this. They expect utter lawlessness, and that's why we have load shedding, so that we do not have that. And that's why you need a disaster management or recovery plan in place, so that if the worst should happen, you're prepared for it.
0: Well, at least they they're thinking of a disaster. Recovery plan and not thinking of pulling out completely. Certainly, South Africa doesn't need uh, the USA to be well no, to be uh, to detach ourselves uh, from from a trade point of view and a political point of view from the right. United and States. So let's just hope it doesn't head yeah. that way. Um, Jan, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah, right. And, and, and
1: from their perspective, they, they said that, that they have faith in the ESCOM system operator. So that was encouraging to hear. They, they're just preparing, but they don't expect the worst.
0: At least that's been established. Great. That's uh, great to hear. At least for now, we do need some kind of good news along those lines. Jan, very, okay. So very quickly, okay, we can manage to just get a quick word in here about uh, this other item that we noticed uh, on uh, broadband about lawyers having to pay 5.5 million. That's after cyber attackers stole a home buyer's
1: money. What's the story on that? Yeah, so the, this is an interesting case because, um, based on the facts from the case, it wasn't even the lawyers who were the victims of the cyber attack. So this is what's known as a business email compromise, right. and we've seen it happen a couple of uh, in, in um, a couple of times in South Africa, and it's devastating when it happens, especially when it's a, a home buy, sure. because usually that means it's someone's savings that they've tried to transfer into a lawyer's trust account. Right. And then it got, gets intercepted. It gets stolen by, by a, a cyber attacker. How it works wow. is quite simple. Mm-hmm. They send you a fake invoice. Sure. So they intercept the emails between you and the, the lawyers. Some, so they either compromise the lawyer's email system or your own email system, and they set up simple rules. It's it's not actually a complicated attack. The hard part is getting access. Once they have access, they set up simple rules mm-hmm. to say, okay, um, the you know, uh, delete these emails that come from this source, and uh, and then they send you an email that looked like the lawyer, and they wow. say, this is our bank account details. Please pay. You know, the the deposit and all the monies or whatever into the trust account, and before you know it, um, you've transferred a huge sum of money into an a, an account controlled by a criminal, wow. and off they yeah. go with your life savings. Wow, young. And so what's happened in this particular court case is they've told the lawyers that it was their responsibility to inform the buyer of this risk. And they are held liable for that loss. Wow. Uh, it's a major ruling that impacts all businesses, not just lawyers that do conveyancing.
0: Wow, Jan, I'd like to hear more on that. But uh, we've just about run out of time. Jan, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon and giving us the updates and just clarifying all those items that we just uh, covered and you, what you just spoke about. Jan Vermulen, our editor from the Broadband South Africa.